This is Plundergrounds number 131, the Gygax 75 Challenge, Week 5, the final week. Plundergrounds, Plundergrounds, welcome back to a brand new show. Ray's gonna take you where you didn't know you wanted to go. Fantasy and dungeon now, science fiction, watch yourself. Hi everybody, this is the final installment of the conversations I had with JJ about the Gygax 75 challenge which involved creating a campaign setting in five weeks. Now the fifth week is fairly unstructured and so this recording is uh, filled with some general thoughts and frankly some self-congratulations. Uh, you know, we were in the, the afterglow of having completed a creative exercise. So it is shorter, it's about 15 minutes long and if you want to skip it I totally understand that although I think there's probably some valuable stuff in here I wanted to be complete and put my thoughts out there on the process as it happened and uh, I think now that the book is out and revised I may go back through and try it again with a different with a different sort of mindset and a different setting maybe one that's not fantasy oriented and using the new instructions although they're not that much dra dramatically different than the original instructions but uh, and I would definitely be curious to hear about your all experience as well I've had oh over 300 downloads I think uh, I'm gonna pull up the numbers here real quickly of the of the workbook since I put it out there on itch.io and I know some people had downloaded it before that when I put it out through my Patreon and so let's see uh, 342 uh, in the last couple days and so I know a lot of people have this book in their hands that gives me hope that a lot of people will be using it to create some cool stuff and I want to hear about those things so if you engage with the process and you have a good or bad experience please call in about it uh, until I get a call in. You probably won't hear from me again about Gygax 75, so enjoy this final installment. Week five is unstructured at this point. It's kind of like, hey, basically, you're already done. Do some more stuff. And I listed out some options. H have you got a plan for week five? I have gone through and started on a couple of the elements. I don't plan to sketch out the continent or the whole world. But what I do want to do is when I outline the other places that the, the characters will visit, the other planes, the other lands, uh, that will give me an idea, like, is it to the north, to the east, to the west, to the south? Where would I go to get to it from my starting location? I'm not going to worry about actually putting it on the map yet until characters are even thinking about going in that direction. I think that brings up a great question. I did the same thing, which is kind of just uh, what lies beyond the borders of the map, right? And mm -hmm. that's all you really need to answer. And so for me, I kind of have, I have fairly strong ideas about what lies to the east of the map, what lies to the south of the map, what lies to the north of the map, what lies to the west of the map, and uh, what lies at the bottom of dungeons, right? <laughs> like, so I, I, mm -hmm. I, wanted, I wanted to like say that for me, there's... Um, 
there are a certain number of levels that are kind of ancient civilizations and that make a lot of sense, I guess, in that aspect. But then at some point you cross over into the mythic underworld where things make less sense and they become more abstract and dreamy and weird. And so like, I, I, you know, that's for me as a portal, like there's a, I need to define how you would know when you transition from one into the other. Uh, maybe it's just a subtle thing. Maybe there's actual marker stones. I don't know. But so some of that stuff that I think is worth doing, but yeah, I don't, I was not at all, am not at all tempted to do a larger map. And that's partly because I think that's overly, for one thing, it's overly ambitious. For another thing, it's, it's a little egotistical. Um, get your players to the part of the world that you've already defined and get them interested in it first, right? Right. Um, and then if they want to explore more of it, then you can draw more of it. But until then, I'm not sure you have the, the privilege of drawing more map. Exactly. What I see this is a open to-do list of things to come back to and layer more information. So, for example... You, you may need, and I don't know that we actually talked about this in any of the steps up until this point, but developing a pantheon of gods and powers was one of the actions for week five. If the setting that you created requires that, we should have hopefully have done that in step one to at least start the players with, if I play a cleric, again, we're using delving deeper, if I play a cleric, what are my choices? Is there only a choice? Is there more than one choice? If I play an anti-cleric, what are the choices there? Understanding that, at least at a basis, I can come back and fill in the rest later. That's my my yeah. my, my someday maybe list where I can say, oh, you know what? I I need to I need another god here. Uh, let me think about this. What 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 fits in here? My world is rank with gods, and they are um, both greater and lesser. And so this was something I did fairly quickly in my week five efforts. It's something I've been kind of collecting for the whole time, which is I went out and found some of my inspirational images from week one from my mood board and some more, and basically put them on little cards that have, uh, you know, I kind of defined that god. I gave it a name. I gave it some different domains. Um, I tried to make sure that in in like real world gods, I tried to make sure that those domains weren't so tied up uh, and cute like they are in a lot of fantasy. You know, gods rule over weird things. If you look at the Greek gods, they will have domain or power over some things that don't look like they belong together mm -hmm. sometimes. And I kind of like that because then it makes your mind wonder, what is the connection between these three things? Right. You know, why is why is this goddess the god of hearths, arrows, and elemental water what what do those three things have in right. common right. and and uh so i did some of that i came up with a dozen of those basically and i'm and i what i think i need to do what i should have maybe done or will still need to do is come up with a generator to make more quickly so that i don't have to keep making them exactly and you don't have to figure everything out at the beginning you can say that you have this deity and these are the domains and if a character or if a player chooses to make a character uh, that worships that deity, they're probably a great resource for saying, well, this is what I see happening as far as how they, how these domains evolved, you know, were they assimilated from different gods or goddesses, or was there a war and the other gods and goddesses were consumed into this identity and, and, you know, source the table. 
It's, it's a great place to take some of the weight off our shoulders as creators um, and game masters. Absolutely, and I think that's something that a cleric player often wants to do anyway. Some some players uh, who play clerics want to go to the books and pick a god. Others want to uh, to define their own what what they value and how that gets manifested in a divine being. Right. I think week five is definitely work on it as you as you need to uh, interject things when it comes up. For example. Somebody may may be saying they want to, my earlier example, they want to find a place that has magical weapons. And lo and behold, there's this, there's this one line item where you, where you added here about a particular place that seemed to, to fit. It's like, oh, great. Now, now you're able to interject a rumor about that place and do the characters decide to equip themselves for an expedition to go check that out and um, give yourself a little bit of lead time and then start fleshing that out more. I found that one, uh, my kind of final word on it is I found that I wanted something at the end of chapter five that gave me the sense of closure and accomplishment I don't know. Maybe it's a little certificate that I sign at the end or uh, like, you know, I want to be knighted now that I made a world. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. Um, and I, I want something there to like usher people into this select club of um, you did it. You know, you, you've done something that maybe you've never done before right. or uh, you completed it in five weeks and, and to stop and be satisfied with as much as you have built and not, not think of it as a big unending um, unfinished project. I think that's absolutely needed here to be able to say that now look back and maybe that's what week five should actually be is a retrospective and turning back and looking at what you've done and maybe outlining a few things that you want to go back and refine. And n- maybe no more than three things or one thing from each of the previous four weeks that you want to refine. Once you are able to outline that, you you can say, this is what I would do going forward, but I'm okay stopping right here. I like that. I like that, picking one thing from each week. I also like some reflective questions like, what do you like best about uh, this you know setting you made what surprised you the most um you know just four or five of those to kind of get you thinking about like the process itself and to reflect on the process would be really cool and then maybe um some questions about looking forward like what are you looking forward to show to your players um, um what would you tell players to get them interested in your world or you know, i don't know we have to think that through but i do think that the looking back uh and looking forward and uh, all that is kind of a cool cool way to give that sense of completion maybe yeah i think that's a a great way to put a bow on this and really make it be something that you can feel good about and i and i don't you need to look back and appreciate it and maybe not even do anything with it but just look back and acknowledge all the work that you've put into it and understand that this didn't exist before you started this endeavor Whatever shape or form it ends up in, give yourself credit for having completed this and coming this far. And if your 
willing and interested and excited to bring this to the table even better. Absolutely. I'm starting to think now I need a registry for these things where people can submit them. <laughs> I don't want to make it into a comp- – no, no, take that back. I don't want to make it into a competition or anything. Right. Yeah, not at all. I just uh, – it's just uh, maybe there's a hall of heroes who've completed this that could put their – you know, you submit your own name that you've completed it. I don't know. Uh, I think it's – I think it was a really interesting and worthwhile exercise. Um, honestly, quite unlike anything I've done before. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing that it is so close to the origins of the hobby and to see how much it's changed over time. Really, it has a, a very different effect. And really, I enjoy this idea of being in touch with the roots of the hobby as part of this exercise. So going back to, you know, the, the hall of records or the, you know, some registry of this, really it's anybody else that tries this, you know, let, let somebody know, let, let, let somebody know that you did this and this is, this is where it originated. And, you know, it'll, it'll expand in a web in a very organic web of, uh, everybody trying this and, you know, people can link to each other's uh, instances of this. We don't necessarily need a single place for all of this to live. Right. Because they're so individual. They're so uh, unique in uh, what the, you and I did the exact same exercise and came up with two ex- very, very different, very, very uh, robust settings that all stem from the same set of in- instructions. Well, I like I like that idea of that the last step is to share it with somebody else or to get them involved in the process because I think like you, I enjoy connecting with the history of the hobby, but I also think what we're looking at here is the virus in its primal form, right? So this is you think about this um, just a few years earlier. Gary Gygax is sitting in his house and uh, Arneson comes down to visit from Minnesota with Dave McGarry and they sit there at the table and Arneson basically at that point teaches Gary how he's doing Blackmore and why players want to just, again, uh, going back to the title of the Europa article, why players want to play it every night for weeks and keep the the GM busy writing ahead of them. Um, What's so infectious about this thing? And so here we have an artifact, a process that is very close to the original concept that was so infectious, that spawned so many books and so many worlds and so many players. And uh, there's a real value to going back and, and trimming all that excess off and saying, what was it that was so catchy? And here it is. Like, this is the... This is the formula. This is the original Coke. Exactly. Coca-Cola, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, but it's iterative. It, it is the same process. It has gone through many transformations. And depending on where you've encountered it in that timeline, but even us going back to this original article, we've done an iteration on it. We've done a workbook approach, which has expanded some of these ideas. And because of that experience, it's going to inform the next iteration of workbook or, you know, somebody listening to this may say, gosh, I really liked what you guys did in week one, but this is what I would do different. And again, that's beautiful because that's, 
now creating another unique approach to this, but all stemming, it all, it's all coming back from the same source. Mm-hmm. Very cool. We've almost gotten mystical here at the end. So. <laughs> I, I really appreciate you doing this with me and for taking a chance on the you know first iteration of the workbook. And uh, yeah, for keeping the faith for five weeks. Congratulations, first yeah. of all, and for building the world. And, and thank you for joining me on the journey. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. It's really become a catalyst for me. Uh, I, I appreciate you sharing the idea. And then the dialogue that came out of this helped inform not only the process, but the end product as well. Uh, I, I, I don't know that Willowdale would look like it did if it wasn't for some of the links that you provided, some of the suggestions and the prompts that you provided. It's really informed by the experience of working through the process together. And uh, I recommend it to anybody that's had any interest in uh, wanting to game. And the system or the process that we're talking about is system agnostic. You don't, it it could be for anything. It, It just works so well. Yeah, thank you so much. I look forward to working with you to make a better version of the workbook as well. So we'll be excited to present that soon, and I'm sure I'll tell people about it on the podcast when that happens.